The Old Testament reading is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 to 9. You are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading is taken from Romans chapter 8, verses 28 to 39. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charges against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or, na or danger, or sword? And it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. You, O Lord. The kingdom of, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then, in his glory, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. 
so it will be at the close of the, of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house. Who brings, out, who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is from Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This is our text. The following sermon was written by Pastor Schaefer for our sermon series on the book of Romans as we consider what it means to be God's privileged people. Several years ago, when Pastor Schaefer was a pastor of Lutheran Church of Good Shepherd in Barrie, Ontario, thousands of worshipers gathered for a dedication ceremony of a new shrine. Worshippers arrived in the wee hours of the morning to be first in line to catch a glimpse of the inside of this new glamorous edifice. Buses and trains shuttled the pilgrims to and from the complex. All adherents went with offerings in hand. Politicians, other civic leaders made guest appearances. The opening of this shrine was hailed as a blessing to the community. He was expected to bring much-needed business to the surrounding community, creating both jobs, as it was projected that an estimated 5 million pilgrims would journey to the shrine each year to give their offerings, totaling about $100 million annually. The new shrine I'm describing is called Casino Rama. Yes, Casino Rama is a gambling center. The worshipers are thousands of gamblers, who will lay their offerings on the blackjack table and in the slot machines. Uh, What is the God they are worshiping? God calls it mammon or money. For the thrill of hitting a jackpot, these mammon-seeking worshipers are willing to take a chance, willing to make a bet of which they are almost assured of being the loser. Doug Robb of the internet webpage entitled Odd Statistics and Gambling Rights If gamblers had even a modest understanding of the probability or the odds of winning, then the world's casinos would most likely all be empty. Mammon-seeking worshipers, whether they are rich or poor, always seem to have money to squander. The popularity of and the profits from lotteries, raffles, casinos, and the like testify to sad reality. I mean, why would a person choose to go to a casino-rama when the owners of the Casino Rama are predicting to make $100 million a year. 
Why do gamblers take a chance on winning the lottery or a raffle when they have little or no chance of winning? Where do these worshipers think the profits are coming from? Other less fortunate gamblers? And yet thousands of mammon worshipers are willing to place a wager in offering on something that is a sure bet to lose. This morning, St. Paul holds our eyes on something that is sure, our salvation and our Lord's continued protection until that day that we can hit the jackpot. And I'm not talking about money. I'm speaking of the day when we will see glitter and grandeur of heaven. In some ways, it's not surprising that people are willing to gamble their money away. Most people are gamblers. They are gambling with their eternal salvation. Most people are willing to roll the dice to determine whether God exists or not. Some people are laying odds that they will live to a ripe old age, and so they postpone getting to know the Lord. They're willing to take the chance that they can take care of spiritual matters later in life. Some place a wager on a false god known by another name. Some have no time for God, hoping that they can pull an ace from their sleeve to pacify God if needed. Unfortunately, things temporal threaten to rob us from things eternal. Yes, things temporal, like mammon, rob us of things eternal. Although we may not frequent casinos, we too live in the world, and we can easily become entangled in the deceitful webs that the gods spin to ensnare us. Can we not be enticed by the mammon god? Can we not become enchanted by the recreation god? Can we not become enslaved to the worries and problems god? Can we not become entrapped by the God of our doubt and unbelief? Can we not become gamblers with our own salvation also? A man who traveled on foot from one coast to another was asked what he found to be the hardest to be about the trip. He replied, I did not mind the mountains, nor the rivers, nor the desert. What I minded most was the sand in my shoes. So often it is not the big things in life, but the little everyday mundane problems and activities of life that bring discouragement and destroys faithfulness. We, do, we don't intend to wander from the Lord, to gamble with our salvation, but if we don't remain vigilant, we might soon find ourselves saying, I don't feel as close to God as I used to. Or we might find ourselves thinking, I'm not sure I am forgiven. Or worse, we might not even be asking these questions because we are just plain spiritually dead. So ask yourself, do you find yourself drifting from the Lord or questioning the faithfulness to you? Are you wondering whether you belong to the Lord? If so, then turn to God's word, for it is a lamp to our feet and a light of our path. The word of God assures us in times of doubt, uncertainly and repentance. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it a wonderful word from the Lord? Even before God created the world, he chose us to be conformed to the image of Christ. He chose us to be his children. This is what St. Paul refers to as being predestined 
St. Paul write, writes to the Ephesian Christians, for God chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to the holy and blameless in his sight. God elected each of us to be saved. One privilege of predestination is that our salvation is assured. Notice Paul says to the Roman believers that they have been predestined, called, justified, and glorified. All past tenses. From God's perspective, an event, for example, the resurrection of all believers to eternal glory that is still to take place in the future is an accomplished reality. This is true for all God's chosen people. They are predestined, called justified and glorified. Our salvation is a sure bet. The odds of us receiving this everlasting treasure are 100%. By God's grace, we've each hit the jackpot. But you ask, how do I know that I am God's elect? St. Paul answers that question with these words. He called you to be saved through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Has God justified you with the blood of the Lamb? Absolutely, Paul assures. We are justly justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. A young man approached an English evangelist to ask him, Sir, what must I do to be saved? To this, the evangelist replied, It's too late. When the young man worried, pressed the evangelist to explain what the evangelist then answered, You are hundreds of years too late. The work of salvation was completed when Jesus said from the cross, It is finished. The certainty of our salvation does not rest in our good deeds or how sincere we are in our faith. Our salvation rests on the eternal decree of God when he chose us to be his child. Our salvation rests on the fact that God has called us to be his children in holy baptism. Our salvation rests on the Holy Spirit creating faith in us so that we believe in Jesus as our one true savior. Our salvation rests on God's declaration that we are justified that we are holy in his sight because Jesus' blood is payment for our sin. Our salvation rests completely on the work of our crucified, resurrected, and ascended Lord and the work of the Holy Spirit through God's word and sacraments. This truth does not give us reason to sit back, kick up our feet, become lazy in our walk with the Lord, and in, in so doing, gamble away our God-given treasures. No, we have been predestined, called justified and glorified, to be conformed to the image of God's Son. We are to strive in our life to be ever like Christ. What a challenge that is. Patience, kindness, forgiveness, servanthood, sacrifice, and other Christ-like attributes are what we strive for by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not to earn our place in heaven, but because we always have a we already have a place in heaven. Our election frees us from having to constantly worry about our salvation if we fail to conform to the likeness of Christ, for God has already promised us this salvation. The privilege of predestination means that in all things, God works for those who love him. This does not mean that everything that happens to us is good or pleasant, 
In fact, our Lord promises us that we will suffer because we are his followers. What does St. Paul promise when he says, in all things God works for the good of those who love him, is that no one or nothing in all creation can so harm you that your salvation is taken from you. There's a tale told of a Chinese man. He raised prize stallions, and when one of them ran away, his friends came to his home to mourn his loss. After listening to their expression of concern, the man asked, how do I know whether what happened is good or bad? Several days later, the runaway horse returned, bringing several strays with it. When the news spread, the same group came to his house again to celebrate this good fortune. But how do I know whether it is good or bad? The old man asked once again. The next day, the horse kicked the owner's son, broke the young man's leg. Once again, the group assembled, this time to express sorrow over the unfortunate incident of the man's son. The father asked, but how do we know if this is good or bad? The following week, war broke out. This man's son was exempted from the military service because of his broken leg. The friends gathered again, and the story goes on and on. This tale points to the fact that we so often try to interpret the experiences of life from our limited perspective, instead of trusting the words of God. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Many people are gamblers. They squander their money on futile hopes that they will hit the jackpot, a jackpot that they can't take with them when they die. They gamble their relationship with God, and in doing so, may squander away those eternal treasures. But we have the privilege of predestination. In Christ, God has predestined us. In Christ, God has called us. In Christ, God has justified us. In Christ, God has glorified us. Our salvation is certain. Our Lord's protection is assured. Live then as God's privileged people confident that in Christ Jesus, you have a winning hand. Amen. And now may the peace of, of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep you, your hearts and minds, in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs>